Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, back in studio, the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Damon Cotton behind the wheels of steel, your boy Q, back from a very relaxing vacation with the wife, a little R&R in Hawaii. We had a very good time. Well, at some point in this uh, in this show today, maybe tomorrow, we'll actually break down some of the activities that we did in Hawaii. It was your boy's first time ever being there. And uh, I'll say this, and anyone who follows me on Twitter, I didn't put a whole lot out on Twitter, just put a couple pictures here and there. Uh, it did not disappoint <laughs> at all. If you have a chance to go to Hawaii, which I guess is kind of, you know, like one of those, yeah, of course, sounds like it's supposed to be a fun place, right? It's like going to Disneyland, but for adults, you know, it's fantastic. So uh, if you get a chance to go, go. We had a great time and uh, glad to be back. And the only thing that's kicking my backside is that uh, that time change. That time change is no joke. Let me tell you, when we got there, we landed on two, no Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm full of energy. I'm pumped up thinking, man, it's only 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It was really 6 o'clock here, right? It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Got plenty of, of time. Got plenty of opportunity to go and do a whole lot of things. Man, a couple hours into it, I was like, damn, I'm tired. <laughs> damn, I need to get me some sleep. So, you know, get some sleep early, go to bed early. Then all of a sudden it's like 2 or 3 in the morning. I'm waking up. I'm like, why am I awake at 3 in the morning? Well, because it was like 6 o'clock here, and so I would normally be up. So it took a couple days to get adjusted, so I'm assuming it's going to take a couple days to get readjusted to being back here. But uh, glad to be back here and glad to be back on the radio. Glad to be in studio with my man Damon. And, boy, got a good day to come back, right? Got a lot of stuff going on. So much to talk about. There is. There is tons to get to. So uh, we got a loaded show for you. Got a lot of great guests. Got some good questions out there that we want to throw out there. Of course, we're going to have plenty of interaction. I do want to start off the show before we even get into the opening drive, before we even talk about any of the guests that we have coming up, anything football related. I do want to talk about real quick and just it doesn't have to be deep because uh, I don't know the answer. And I know that these are the kind of conversations I probably shouldn't have if I don't have the answer. But that tragedy that happened yesterday in Texas as I'm on my way back from Hawaii and I'm just getting updates on, on Twitter through my phone, um, that's just awful, man. It's just absolutely awful. Um, you know, as a parent, and and I remember it, it, it just, you know, obviously my kids are older now, but I remember taking Little Q to school, and I remember dropping Little Q off every morning before. This is when I was working at FedEx in Fresno. I'd drop him off, and, you know, just see him run off. and be like, oh, man, there goes, you know, I'll see him after school. It was so awesome. It was a great feeling. It was something that I really miss, something that I, I wish that I could have done for a longer time. And just to know that, you know, parents did the same thing that I did. They dropped their kids off at school, and they were so excited to, you know, see them come back home and to know that so many did not get that opportunity to return home. And even the ones that did, you tell me not, they're not scarred for life. How would you be in elementary school and it gets shot up and all these classmates or people that go to your school or teachers end up dead. Like you're scarred for life. And again, I'm not, I'm not going to get on a soapbox. I'm not going to sit here and preach gun laws. I'm not, gonna, I'm not the political guy. I'm not that dude. But man, something's got to give. Something has absolutely got to give. There is no reason 
that parents should ever have to drop their kids off and wonder if they're going to make it home. That school should be a safe place, and we see it here in town. We see it here in town at, at, at some of the older schools. We see kids getting a little out of control and doing some crazy stuff, but for, for what happened yesterday, man, I mean, my heart really hurt for the parents. It hurt for the kids that, you know, had to be witnesses to all that and, and, and lose their classmates, um, just everything. And, and I think Steve Kerr, the, uh, the, the Warriors head coach, I think he said it best yesterday when he was really angry and really went off about it, and he's lost his, his dad to gun violence, and so he knows firsthand. But, man, I'll tell you, something's got to give. Some, I, I don't know what it is. Again, I'm sorry that I don't have the answer. I don't. But that was just awful. So I, I just it's, – it's, it's dumb to say. It's a cliche. But prayers to the families. We do it all the time. We'll have a moment of silence, and like Steve Kerr said, we'll become numb to it, and that's a problem. Like he said, we cannot become numb to that situation. So something has got to give. And like I said, all I could think about, and I don't do this now, is drop my kids off at school. I don't have to do that. They're older. But, man, all I could think about is dropping little Q off at school and how happy he used to be and just running off. Oh, it's going to be a fun day at school. See you when I get home, Dad. A lot of people yesterday, that was the last day they ever said that. It sucks. It just absolutely sucks. And, of course, I don't like to start the show on a bad note, but to ignore it would be ignorant. Simple. Well said. I've really got nothing to add because, like you said, it's a tragedy. I remember yeah. Route 91 and and UNLV just being so close, having to go to school. This was just something that happened here in Vegas, not necessarily on campus, right. but just having to go to school that Monday was a lot of a lot of people were skipping class just out of the fear of the unknown. So to have that unknown and to have to go back to school, that's just got to be horrifying. It is. It it it's it really sucks, and I don't know what the how this is going to get fixed and how how we're going to get away from this kind of stuff, but. You know, to, to to have people make bad decisions is one thing, but to have someone do something as as awful as what happened in Texas yesterday in an elementary school is just the worst. It's the absolute worst. And I think no matter how much we disagree and all of us in life all disagree with each other for one reason or another, I think any of us who have a pulse and a little bit of a heart understand what happened yesterday in Texas is awful. It should never, ever happen. That should never happen. I don't care who you are. If you think that there's something that that there's something okay with that, there's something wrong with you. Straight up. So obviously there's a lot to get to on today's show, but I would be remiss if I didn't at least say something uh, as a parent who dropped his his son off at school many times and saw him run run off to class and, and fortunately enough for me was able to see him run back home. Just hate that. Hate that for the kids, hate that for everybody involved. So uh, hate that for a society because again we're getting way too used to that now with that being said sorry i had to come in with some doom and gloom but uh, again it had to be said with that being said uh, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive the opening drive of unnecessary roughness on raider nation radio 920 is brought to you by southern nevada chevy dealers home of the chevy silverado the strongest most advanced silverado ever so we're going to get into the meat of the, of the conversation of course going to open up the phone lines and the text line i know there's a lot of folks that are anxiously wanting to speak on some news that have come out about the raiders uh in the last hour or so even in the last few minutes seeing that the raiders have signed defensive lineman tyler lancaster a guy who uh, played under patrick graham in 2018 he was a guy who was in green bay for uh, for about four years. Uh, we'll get to that. I'll give you the rundown on him. Of course, Colin Kaepernick, that's a big conversation right now. The Raiders are working him out. I say about time. And I don't say that just about the Raiders. I say about any team in the league. He hasn't been in the league since 2016. Uh, I think that he's a guy that can help a team, any team, be better. Uh, I, didn't, I think that he has some ability. I'd be 
thrilled to see him sign with the silver and black. I really would. He's a guy that I wanted the Raiders to draft back in the day when he was coming out of uh, the University of Reno, uh, Nevada. You know, I, I was I was hoping that the Raiders were going to get him. They didn't. I don't care about whatever he had uh, going off that some people are so upset about because, as I just mentioned, with everything that happened yesterday in, in, in Texas, people are or some people are more offended by what Colin Kaepernick did with comes to taking a knee than they are with what happened yesterday. That's a problem. That's a problem. Again, this is not going to be a political show. This is not going to be something where, you know, I get all of my feelings. But uh, to think about that, I've seen some reaction on Twitter already from some folks talking about if the Raiders sign him, they won't support the Raiders. Well, then you were just not a fan of the team to begin with. I mean, you really weren't. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and I hate to be that guy to say, well, you're not a real fan or you're not a real fan. Come on. Get over it. For people who whatever the situation is where it's just like, well, that that's the final straw for me. Right. Well, it sounds like you were ready to jump ship right. already. You were looking for something. You were looking for something. Again, I'm not gonna judge your your basis and your your you know feelings for the silver and black. That's fine. That's you can do that yourself. But uh I think that if if he's healthy, which he should be, he hasn't played in since twenty sixteen, he should be as healthy as possible. If he was to go in there and, and with the Raiders and be a backup quarterback, I'd be fine with it. But I'll let you chime in, Raider Nation, throughout the course of the show at 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword r would love to hear your thoughts on it. He hasn't played since 2016. He's working out today. Like I mentioned, should be healthy. If they like what they see, should the Raiders sign him? You know my feelings. I say yes. Damon, what do you think? Absolutely, yes, because not only we always talked about this past season, past two seasons, the Mariota package. Right. Imagine the Kaepernick package. Right. Exactly. And, and for anyone who says that, well, Josh McDaniels uses pocket passers, he had Cam. He had Cam. And I, and I would firmly believe that Kaepernick is a lot healthier than Cam was. And he almost made it to the play. The Patriots almost <laughs> made it to the playoffs right. with Cam Newton. I think right. they won six or seven games with him being the starting quarterback. And it was basically a college offense of, hey, Cam, just run it. Do what you do best. Right. Exactly. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. It's just a workout right now, so I'm not going to overreact to it. Again, I think that it's it's cool that they have him in for a workout. And if he goes out there and shows out, so be it. You know, right now the current qu- quarterbacks that are there, Nick Mullins, they just traded for Jarrett Stidham. You know, he's going to be there as far as I'm concerned to help kind of guide that offense and, and not guide the offense on the field. I mean, guide the guys to learn into Josh McDaniels' offense as he's been there in New England with them for multiple years. I think that he'll be there uh, as you know a guy to help out, and 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 really that's it. I mean, they they brought in Chase Gabers from uh, from Cal as an under, undrafted free agent. I mean, he's there, but you know you kind of know what that is. You know, he's an undrafted free agent, so maybe he's a practice squad guy. He's not a guy that's going to make some kind of impact. So I, I would have no problem with them signing him. But, uh, of course, I, I'm going to throw it out there to you. Uh, ask your thoughts. Do you think that the Raiders should sign him uh, and why? Of course, uh, give us an explanation. You know, what do you think he brings to the table? Like DeMond said, does he bring that Mariota package? Very possibly. Very possibly. And I'd be okay with that. I think every one of us screamed for the Mariota package. It just never developed. It never happened. So I would be... I, like I said, I would totally be fine with it. Um, I don't I don't have any kind of issues with anything that he had going on, and I know some people do, and they feel very firm about that. If that's the case, that's fine, but I think that, uh, I think that, that ship should have sailed already on uh, any issues that are out there. But again, that's not for me to decide. That is for you. Um, also, I'm excited about tomorrow. OTAs are going to be open for the media, so w- good timing, right? It's gonna be open for the media. We're gonna to get to talk to we're gonna to get to talk to uh, head coach Josh McDaniels around twelve fifteen. We'll have a couple of players that we get to talk to. I'm excited about that. I'm sure one of the first questions that'll be asked: What'd you think of Cap? What'd you think about Ooh. Cap and his workout? I mean, it's really good timing. It really is. I'm excited about that. Who knows uh, what's gonna happen in between now and then? Maybe he gets signed before then. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe they work him out and they say, you know what? He didn't look that good. And if they if he doesn't, that's fine too. That's fine too. I'm just glad that he's getting an opportunity to at least. Give himself a chance. 
And that's one of the perfect things that you said there. Well, it's fine that if he doesn't look amazing, because all that he's been asking for is just a chance. Right. He's not saying someone bring me in so I can start and take your team to the promised land. He's just asking for a chance. Right, exactly. And so that's that's the thing about it is that it's a chance. It's a legit chance. It's not some kind of, uh, uh, you know, PR stunt or whatever. You know, the, I know Charles Robinson from uh, Yahoo, he had tweeted out that uh, his understanding of it is it's a legit shot. You know, it's like if you look good and the team wants to sign you, they will. I know owner Mark Davis has already signed off on it. If the team chooses to do so, you know, that was something that, what, a few, not a few weeks ago, probably about a month ago, everyone was talking about and making a big deal. Oh, Mark Davis said that they're going to sign Colin Kaepernick. No, he said that he would be fine with it, which is great. It's great to see an owner say, yeah, if the people in charge of the football side of things want to bring him in, and he said this multiple times, he said it to Paul Gutierrez. I mean, he's put it out there before. Yeah, he, they'd have my blessing. That's all they need. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think that if Mike McCarthy in Dallas was like, hey, we got an idea. Let's bring in Cap to back up uh, Dak Prescott. You know who would have a problem with that? <laughs> you know who would have a problem with that? I got an idea. Okay. <laughs> I, I could pretty much tell you who would have a problem with that. And that would not happen. The guy who makes all the calls in Dallas, he'd have a big issue with that. So I'm okay. I, I, I love the fact that Mark Davis said, hey, if the football guys – Think that it's a good asset, good bringing them in, whatever. I'll sign off on it. Cool. That's how it should be. You should let the football guys do the football things. Don't need the owner, you know, holding a media session. You know, Jerry Jones has a media oh session. No, seriously. <laughs> Jerry Jones, after every game, holds his own media session. Like we, when we would go to the locker room, he'd be standing in front of the Cowboys locker room with a with a, a group of reporters around him every time. Like he, it was not. Uh, uh, every once in a while type thing. It was a, hey, let's get down there in time for Jerry's presser, and then he'll get into, you know, the head coach, and he'll get into open locker room or whatever. But Jerry would hold court. It's it's crazy. Was he getting asked questions, like legit football questions, as if he had an outcome on the yeah, game? Yeah, no, they would ask him questions like you ask the head, like you pepper the head coach about questions, like we see when we do the, the, the media sessions after the game. It was the same thing. Jerry, what was going through your mind on that third Yes, half? no, that's what it was. What did you think about, you know, when Dak threw this ball? He's not the head coach. I don't want to hear from him all the time. Yeah, it's great every once in a while. Like, hey, I like to hear when Mark Davis talks every once in a while, but I don't need him to talk after every single game in front of the locker room like, hey, don't forget about me. I'm the guy who runs the show here. That's who Jerry Jones is. It's going to be nerve-wracking for your head, for your sanity as the head coach. Jerry, do you agree with the decision to go for it on fourth down? Oh, he's been – oh, 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 dog, dog. Oh, he's been he's been hit with some real quick. I mean, he does a radio show. Let's put it like this: he does a radio show every week on the flagship station. There, every week he has a a, a radio show, and sometimes, a lot of times, his answers that he gives do not coincide with the answers that the head coach gives later on when he does his. That's a problem too. That's a problem. But I don't want to get into the Cowboys. But that's just that's that's the, that's the thing right there. That's that's funny. But I'm excited about that. I'm excited about being able to be. Uh, at OTAs at Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, of course, it's not you know the pads aren't on. They're not they're not just putting the team together right now. But you'll get to start to see a little something. You'll see something. It'll be our first time that we're out there with some kind of practice session going on. We'll get out there at ten fifteen. Uh, the 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 um, media time will be twelve fifteen to talk to the uh, to the head coach and also the players. That's great. So uh, I'm excited about that. I'm pretty fired up. I think we'll have a lot of good audio to bring to the show tomorrow and uh, a lot of good feedback. But with that being said, if you were going to be there in attendance, this is my other question that I have for the show today. If you were going to be there in attendance for this open media session tomorrow, what would you be focused in on? What would you 
really want to pay attention to the most? Because you can't really cover everything, every part of the team, because they're broken up in different fields. And I don't know how these guys obviously run it, but I just remember how it usually is. They have a couple different fields. They're split off into different ends. And, you know, we're down at one far end. So if you were there and you had your pen and pad out, what would you be focusing in on? What would you be looking for? What kind of notes would you be taking? And what do you want to know from the head coach? Basically, how would you do our job? Just want to know. I think it's I, I think it's always good to hear what people have on their mind and what they think about you know different different situations that uh you know that that we have going on and and uh, you know the the way that the team is is trying to be built and put together and of course it's a new regime so everything is all new. We're learning we're learning how they operate and they're obviously learning how we operate, which we are operating under what they want us to do, what what we're allowed to do. But we're getting all used to it, so this is a, a, a learning experience. For all of us. So those are the questions that I have out there. 702-365-9200. You could definitely hit us up any time of the show when we don't have a guest. And then the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. You can hit us up any time of the show, even when we do have a guest. Maybe if you have a question that you want to ask one of the guests. Today on the show, at 2.30, Ted Nguyen from The Athletic. He's going to join the show. I'm excited about this conversation. He had a really good uh, piece that he put out on The Athletic where he got to sit down with former head coach and longtime offensive line coach who's very well respected in the league, Mike Tice, and he broke down the starting five. He broke down the starting five for the Raiders offensive line a season ago, and I'll tell you, if you have not read that piece, it was great. It was really good stuff. DeMond did a good job. I was actually on the plane ride back yesterday, and it was a long plane ride. That was the only part of the trip that sucked was the was the uh, plane ride. It was over five hours long, and, man, I'll tell you about Hour number three, I'm restless, man. I'm like a kid. I'm like, just get me off this thing. Anyway, DeMond was hitting me up like, hey, what are you thinking about this? Yeah, sounds like a good idea. Uh, he pointed out that that article that Ted put out on The Athletic, and it was good stuff. So we'll talk to him about the offensive line, which is one of my concerns. You want to talk about what I'll be paying attention to tomorrow? The offensive line. I'll be paying attention to see where and who lines up at what position and, and what they're kind of looking like early. Again, very early in the process. But the offensive line is going to be definitely something I pay attention to tomorrow. At 3 o'clock, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, he'll talk to us about all things NFL. He usually joins us on Tuesday, but I know we had an aviator game yesterday, so we pushed him back a day uh, a day later, which is great because today is the day I get back. So uh, it's always good to come back with uh, John McClain. So he'll join us at 3 o'clock. And then at 3.30, Chris Carlin is the co-host of Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. I actually had an opportunity to talk to him a little earlier today. You'll hear that conversation. We'll talk all things NBA playoffs, plus we'll talk NFL as well. So lots of good stuff right there from Chris Carlin. He's a good dude. And uh, again, he's on ESPN Radio National with uh, Chris Canty from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. So we're going to jump into, uh, you'll hear that conversation coming up just around 3.30. And like I said, got a lot to get to uh, throughout the course of the show. Also want to hear from you throughout the course of the show. 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line 69187. Keyword R and R, and I know we already got a bunch of text messages coming through, but Demond's been busy on the phone lines as well. Uh, who do you want to go to first? Passionate Raider. Passionate Raider, welcome to the show. What's up, Q? What's up, Demond? Long time no talk, man. Busy, busy, busy. But man, again, sad day about the families, man. You know, we're 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 parents, Q. We know that that's a phone call a parent never wants to get, man. I, I can't even comprehend it today. But prayers and. I mean, Q. I mean, what do you what do you honestly think about Kaepernick, man? Like me, I think he's a great. I think he's a better athlete than Derek Carr. I'm not saying better quarterback now. Don't don't let anyone twist my words. Athlete. Mm-hmm. So, do, do do you kind of agree that that he's a better athlete? And and another question I have is, do you think that this, if he does, do you think this is a 
and I don't know. I'm just speculating. I'm just thinking yeah. because you know DC's our quarterback and whatnot. Right. He is the starter, but I mean, Cap's no slouch, man. Nope. I mean, he he did ball out, and, and he was cut short because of things of, of, of it wasn't because of his play. It was other things. So I mean, does that mess with the psyche of a of a QB one, or do you honestly think that this organization is all about? They don't care what your name is. They want the best player available at each position. That's kind of what I'm thinking. But, you know, it is what it is. Whatever it takes to get those W's in that win column is all I care about. Let's go. Have a great day. Welcome back to your vacation again. Prayers to all the families affected, man. That's just that's a tragedy no one wants to hear. And that, that's just some stuff that should not be allowed. There should be no reason people are able to walk into a school just walk up and open a door. You can't do this. At, at, there's no way schools should be allowed to do this. That needs to be addressed. A-S-A-P. Have a great day, guys. Love you all. Let's go Raider Nation. I appreciate the call. Good stuff, my man. And I agree with you wholeheartedly on the whole school situation. Very adamant about how I feel about that. Uh, the question you asked about Cap is, yeah, one, he's definitely a better athlete than Derek Carr, similar as Marcus Mariota. You know, Marcus Mariota was as well. Uh, again, Carr is the better quarterback, in my opinion. And I know that Cap's play wasn't fantastic the last time that he was in the league, but he also didn't have a very good team around him uh, either. I, I'm personally, just me, I'm a fan of Colin Kaepernick. I think he's a hell of a player. Uh, I'm, I would be excited about the Raiders if they sign him. Again, they've got to kick the tires on him. They've got to see what he's got. He's been off for a while. That's good for health-wise, but it's bad for rust. You know, So who knows if he's going to be good or not. But I'll say this. That would be the best backup that they have. And you see, you know, hell, Jameis Winston, former number one overall pick in the draft, he was a backup in New Orleans, and then he got an opportunity. Marcus Mariota, perfect example. He was a backup with the Raiders for a couple years. Now what? He's a starter in Atlanta. I think that as long as he's humble enough to go in there and be a backup, which from everything I've heard, obviously I haven't talked to him, everything I've heard, he is. I would have no problem. I think it would be great. I think that there would be times that the, the Raiders and Josh McDaniels could put him out there on the field in certain instances and, and like I said, just make the team that much better. Again, we all talked about the Mariota package. It ne- never happened. Mariota was not healthy. Never, never was healthy enough to do that consistently. When he did it, though, it was great. See him pick up a first down here and there. I would have liked to see him throw the ball every once in a while. He never did that. Maybe they allow Cap to do that if this is something that they they move forward with. Because one thing about the Mariota package that you mentioned, it was always when he's coming in, you know they're you know they're, they're running run it. it. Yeah, he might not be the one running the ball, but you know it's a run play. Exactly, exactly. I would love to see him open it up a little bit more, where he actually threw the ball a couple times to try to keep the defense off, but. They didn't. And again, they didn't do it enough consistently because, well, he was always banged up as well. But thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. I got a text here from Junebug from the Nickel and Dime. He said, Jerry Jones is the puff daddy of owners and Mark Davis is the shook knight of owners. I like that. Uh, That's good good stuff right there. Uh, Got another text. As a Raider fan, the Bay, who talked a lot of smack about the 49ers, I'd love to have Cap as a backup and use it in the Mariota-like packages. I agree 100%. Uh, Big Dub Raider, welcome back, Q. Yes, I'm all in for Cap. I've been saying if I was alive, Cap would have been signed. Go Raiders. That's from Big Dub Raider. Appreciate you, my man. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. I know everyone doesn't agree with that, though, but uh, that's fine. That's fine. That's why I throw it out there and ask for your opinion. 702-365-9200. Who's up next? Gangster Raider. Gangster Gangster. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? It's about damn time. It's um, gave Colin Kaepernick a workout, and I knew if anybody was going to do it, <clears throat> It would have been us. That's why a long time ago, 
I bought a black um, Razor Kaepernick jersey, number seven, but I never wore it. It's been hanging up in the back of my closet. <laughs> so if they do sign them, I could break out the um, Kaepernick Raider jersey that I already got custom made. You know what I'm saying? But as far as what I want to see in the um, OTAs, I want you to um, check out the offensive line, the okay. defensive line, and a linebacker core. I don't know if we can mm. do all three, yep. but them the, them the areas I would really want to check out. You know what I'm saying? The trenches and the linebacker core. You know what I'm saying? See what it looked like, how he got them working, see if Cleveland Farrell is really doing what he said he was going to do. Or, you know, just try to see, you know, what the defense looking like because that's my only real concern is the defense and the secondary. We can show those up and the line, you know, of course. But I got I got a good feeling that Leatherwood, is going to make the Pro Bowl this year. He's going to surprise and shock a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? But that's why I'm really not too concerned about the line. I'm just more concerned about the defense and the secondary. If we can shore those up, man, we can go a long way and deep into the playoffs and maybe to the Super Bowl and maybe undefeated like I predicted. You know what I'm saying? But welcome back from your vacation. You missed me in Vegas, though, but we had a good old time. But, you know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Keep a gangster, y'all. I'm gone. I appreciate the call, my man. Appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, again, uh, that's that's some good areas to, to pay attention to as practice. You know, the offensive line, defensive line, the linebacking core. Uh, I do think that linebacking core is something to pay attention to as well. Uh, we know what Denzel Perryman brings to the table. We kind of have a good idea of what Divine Diablo brings to the table. Uh, of course, he's got to continue to grow. And remember that these OTAs are not mandatory, so everyone might not be there. That's another thing to kind of look at who's there in attendance, right? That That's something to pay attention to. Who's there? Who's uh, working every day? to get a little bit better uh again everyone's not going to be there i'm sure and there's reasons that some won't be there not that they don't oh, i just don't want to work it's it, i don't think that's ever the case <laughs> i don't think that's ever the case i think there's always a reason behind why someone's not there a lot of times across the league reasons guys aren't there is because of contract disputes but i don't think that the raiders have any contract disputes i really don't i don't see any contract disputes coming up so i don't see that as the case um and i would just think that some guys maybe have a vacation already planned or whatever so they might miss a day or two uh here and there this is not mandatory this is voluntary so that's that's just something to take into account but uh yeah i, I like what you said offensive line defensive line linebacking core that works that works as well definitely be paying attention to those thank you so much for that call we got time for one more we got time we, we got to take a quick break the man the man has spoke without speaking the man spoke demon said take a break q so we'll do that coming up next ted Nguyen from the athletic he'll join us i know gangster raider just mentioned alex leatherwood we'll talk about alex leatherwood and the offensive line we'll do it next with ted this is Raider nation radio 920 That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Earlier in the show, we were talking about Colin Kaepernick. In for a workout with the Raiders today. We'll see what happens with that. Also talking about OTAs being open to the media tomorrow and what you're looking for. Of course, 69187, keyword R&R. That's the Salmon Ash text line. You can hit us up and let us know your thoughts on both subjects. Right now on the phone lines, we have my guy Ted Nguyen from The Athletic at FB underscore Film Analysis on Twitter. Does a fantastic job for The Athletic. And Ted, thank you so much for your time. Before we get into your piece that you put out on the offensive line with former coach Mike Tice, that was a fantastic piece, by the way. Uh, what are your thoughts? What do you think about Cap and, uh, and possibly being a backup for the silver and black if his workout goes really well? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's interesting because, you know, we, we all saw how Kaepernick performed when he was at his top, um, you know, extremely fast, extremely uh, strong arm, 
Um, he, you know, he brings a different dimension, and he can work those Mariota packages, you know, in those goal line situations that was pretty effective for uh, Mariota last season. Uh, but I mean, it just depends on what his physical condition is. Um, you know, we haven't seen him in football for a long time. He's obviously uh, up there in age, but you know, as far as wear and tear, you know, he's pro- probably going to be pretty fresh, uh, having not to play football. But um, yeah, I just wonder what kind of shape he's in. Right, exactly. He hasn't played since 2016, and there's one thing about being in shape, and then there's football shape. So we'll see where that exactly. goes. But, you know, interesting to see that he's in for a workout. So uh, I applaud the Raiders for bringing him in, and we'll see where it goes from there. But I really, like I said, wanted to talk to you about this piece, Raiders offensive line, breaking down the players with former coach Mike Tice. You did a great job, and I think the offensive line is something that every Raider fan is is concerned about so far because – uh, we all just don't know. You know, we don't know what it's going to be. We don't know the players that are going to be in, in, in place. But uh, you and Mike Tice went through it and went through the starting five from last year and really broke it all the way down. I thought it was great stuff. Let's start with Alex Leatherwood, you know, it, because, uh, you know, he's the most recent. He was the former first-round pick, number 17 overall. He was the tackle, kicked inside the guard. It sounded like from what I was reading and, and, and bringing it and taking in was that Mike Tice likes him and likes his potential, which I believe a lot of people do. He just has some things to work on. But he could potentially, it sounds like, maybe be a, a, a good tackle. I know he didn't really commit to that. So what were your overall thoughts that he had to say about Leatherwood? Yeah, he overall he was pretty impressed with Leatherwood. He liked his body angles, liked his flexibility, explosiveness. So he liked his physical ability a lot. Obviously, you know, there, there's a lot to work on, but he thought he got better at, at guard. And I think his overall assessment is that he thinks that he Leatherwood has potential to at least be a pretty good guard. He thinks he's going to be okay. And the potential to move back to tackle, he's noncommittal about. And obviously, you know, you wouldn't be able to make an assessment on that just based on if – you're, if you're going to base your assessment on his early tape, obviously you're going to say no. Um, but, you know, the hope is that uh, he, that experience at guard and, you know, getting acclimated to the speed of the game a little bit more and some off-season work, maybe he can move to tackle, but you wouldn't be able to make – uh, a final call on that unless you are really seeing what he's doing in the offseason and then see how he performs in training camp against, you know, Max Crosby and those guys. If you were the Raiders and you were giving him an opportunity, and I'm not saying that they are, I just, I mean, that could be something that they do in training camp, and you were to work him at that right tackle position, how long would you stay committed to that before you decide, hey, let's try to move him back into guard so we can solidify this offensive line? Um, you know, I, I think you want to give him, kind of cross-train him. I think okay. you would want to give him reps at, at both. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think you want to kind of commit to him at, at tackle, but at the same time you don't want to completely uh, take away the possibility of him playing guard and take away every rep at him playing guard. I think you want to give him some reps at guard, but try to give him every opportunity that, uh, that he can at, at winning the right tackle position. But, you know, at the same time, you see really early on that he's really, really struggling and, you know, he might not be able to, to do it, then maybe you got to say uh, maybe guard's the best place for him. Talking all things Raiders offensive line right now with Ted Nguyen from The Athletic here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, one of the things that Mike Tice said in the piece that made me chuckle a little bit was there's a lot worse in the league than 75 right now. Speaking of Brandon Parker, he said that he's – below average to maybe an average starter. So do you think there's any consideration, in your opinion, in Mike Tice, that maybe Alex Leatherwood should just go ahead and stay at guard because Brandon Parker isn't as bad as Raider fans think he is? Yeah, I, I think with Parker, um, obviously he has his, his, uh, his low moments, but I, I think Tice believes that there's some athleticism there. So there's some ability. He has length. 
obviously, um, I think he thought some of his uh, problems were more technical problems, but, um, you know, that, that could be fixed rather easily. But at the same time, it's also kind of concerning that these technical problems haven't been addressed, and he's coming into, I believe, his, his, his uh, fifth year right now. Uh, so, you know, the uh, Raiders, the new coaching staff is going to find out real quick if he's coachable. And if he's coachable and he can fix some of those technical problems, you know, he, he could be a, serv- uh, a serviceable starter. He has, he has some ability. You know, and it's funny because the Raiders gave him some pretty decent money, you know, so it was, it was interesting when I saw them give him the contract that they gave him this offseason. Uh, to me, it felt like, okay, they believed that he could be a tackle, but uh, from what I was reading, what uh, you know, what Tice had to say, it almost felt like he's a really, really good backup, and he's just an okay starter. Yeah, I mean, I think there's that possibility, but I also think that, you know, Tice and, and the, the Raiders' new regime kind of saw that, Parker does have some rare abilities, ability that you can't teach, uh, but you have to fix those technical problems. And it's concerning that he hasn't been able to fix those technical problems at his, uh, with his experience and age now. Uh, but obviously I think there's some hope that they can fix those problems uh, because they gave him that money. And I think they didn't pick up another tackle believing that they could turn Parker into a serviceable, first serviceable starter. He has to play better than, he did last season, giving up eight sacks. Moving on to center, Andre James, one of the things that Tice said about him is that he hops. So when it comes to a center, what is some of the things that Andre James is still lacking when it comes to being an, an effective starting center in the league? Yeah, I think the big thing is his, his footwork. Like he said, there, there's times where he just kind of hops and he can't really get that much power from that position. Uh, but I think the big thing is his physicality. He just He's pretty light for a center. And he's, he's taller, too, so he doesn't have that leverage advantage. And so he does make his blocks. He, you know, he, 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 especially towards the end of the season, he was getting to an assignment, but he just wasn't very physical. He was getting pushed back in protection and his run blocking. He was getting in front of his guy, but you just didn't see a ton of push. And there were times where you know, he, he could get back a little bit, and that would help him pick up or see stunts and that sort of deal. Uh, so he, he did get better last season, but the lack of physicality up the middle is just concerning. Yeah, no, it, it really is. You know, and again, we're talking with Ted Nguyen from The Athletic about his piece, Raiders Offensive Line, breaking down the players with former coach Mike Tice. And sticking with Andre James, you know, and kind of relating him to Dylan Parham, the third-round pick uh, out of Memphis that the Raiders selected this year. A lot of people, including myself, believe that he's in competition for that center position. For what Mike Tice saw in film and what you were able to break down with him, is that the reason why a lot of us should believe that there's a good chance that, that Parham could play that center role? Yeah, I think so. I think Parham showed a lot of intelligence and football IQ for having so little experience playing offensive line. Uh, and I think his coach also mentioned, and uh, Sean Reed wrote a, a really great feature on him, and his uh, coach in college mentioned they use uh, you know, some similar protection terms as uh, the Patriots use. Um, so you know, they're hoping they can bring him along quickly, and he looks like he has, uh, the, you know, he has a, a low, low center of gravity, and he's, he has a little more physicality than uh, than James does, or he has the potential to have a little more physicality than he does. What do you? Okay, well, it's funny. I, I was uh, I was laughing like Demar was laughing. We were laughing when we were reading about uh, John Simpson, and it did not sound like Mike Tice was too entertained by anything that John Simpson had to do. Uh, what What are your thoughts? What did you think about John Simpson? What he was able to do uh, last season, and, and as opposed to what Mike Tice was saying. 
Yeah, I think you know his highlight, his highs are, are nice. Like when he when he's able to get on his blocks, and you know you see that physicality of him pushing guys back and getting pancakes at times. Those are nice. But you know, just watching him and throughout the games, there's just so many negative plays as far as missing blocks. You know, his feet being in the wrong place, hand placement, and I, I think just when we watch the the overall scope of what he did and how many negative plays there were, it's just hard to see him. Uh, getting to the place that you, you, you want him to get. And when you have a guy like Denzel Good who could come in and just be a very solid starter at that position, it just seems like that you know it's inevitable that Denzel Good can end up starting at left guard. Is John Simpson a guy that you think could be some depth, you know, quality depth, or is he just not going to cut it that long? Yeah, I think he has to improve. Um, if he it makes some necessary improvements, I think he could be a, some quality depth. But uh, – just as far as last year, you don't want to see that type of performance again. With Jermaine Illuminor, I know that he wasn't a highlight of the piece, but did Mike Tice, or do you feel, or even you yourself, do you feel that he's better fit at guard or tackle? You know, I, I've never seen him play tackle. I, I didn't go back that far and watch him play tackle, and we didn't watch any Illuminor film because we watched some of the later games. Um, but and in that Charger, the Week Four Chargers game that we did watch, he he didn't play as much. Um, so, yeah, I can't, I can't give you an answer on that. You know, I, I wanted to ask just your overall thoughts. I, I saw what he had to say about Colton Miller, and obviously there's still room to improve for him, but you know that he's the, the guy that's going to be the left tackle position. So what was your overall thoughts, and what was Mike Tyson's overall thoughts on just uh, the product that was the Raiders' offensive line in 2021 and, and how he can improve this year? Yeah, he, he thought that, it, especially towards the end of the season, it, they weren't as bad as people uh, thought they were, and there, there's some potential there. Uh, you know, I, I think he saw the same thing that the, the Patriots regime saw. That, uh, sorry, the new Raiders regime saw that <laughs> these guys have some ability. You know, they have some athletic ability that you can't teach. They have to get better technically. They have to gel a little bit more and uh, be on the same page when it comes to picking up stunts and blitzes and that sort of deal. Uh, but there's some ability there that you can't coach. That you can work with as a coach. There you go. I like it. I like it. Well, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, OTAs are open tomorrow for the media. Obviously, the offensive line is something that I'm going to be paying attention to. I don't know how much we're going to see. It's going to be a small window, but uh, still interested about that because that's obviously one of the areas of concern, I think, for the Silver and Black this year. Uh, I do think that the cornerback uh, position is a little concerning as well, but offensive line to me is probably – would you say that's probably the, the biggest concern for the Raiders moving forward, Ted? Yeah, I think so. I, cause I think even at cornerback, you have Rocky Sin, and you, know, you hope Trayvon Mullen can stay healthy. I think those are two solid starters, but with the offensive line, um, you know, there's more potential than um, actual production there. So you, you, you know, it is a pretty scary situation because we know, you know, you don't want your quarterback to get hurt. This offense with so many weapons, but you need to have protection for Carr. That's the one thing that can sink this offense. So we have to see how they develop. No doubt about it, and I'll tell you, this division, the AFC West, man, there's there's guys that can get after the quarterback on every single team, so uh, bookend tackles are going to be needed. The offensive line to be solid is going to be needed for every team, not just the Raiders in this division. Well, fantastic stuff, Ted. Uh, you and Mike Tice, great breakdown of the offensive line. Uh, I know you got a lot of stuff in the, in, 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 the, in the hopper that you're working on as well. What you got coming out that we need to be on the lookout for? Well, I just wrote a uh, Vic Fangio piece. Uh, I broke down his defense. Uh, you know, really complicated defense, and uh, but I, I, you know, I think uh, we did a good job of breaking it down and make it making it understandable for people that pieces out and athletic. And Patrick Graham also uses some Vic Fangio influences, so I think uh, Raider fans 
uh, to learn a little bit from that piece. There you go. Well, I'm checking it out right now as we speak. Ted, great stuff as always, my man. I definitely appreciate you. No problem. Thanks for having me on. No doubt. There he goes. Ted Nguyen from The Athletic at FB underscore film analysis on Twitter. You want to check out his work, go to The Athletic. I know that, and this is not something that they asked me to do, but they got a dollar subscription special right now going on. And when I subscribed, when I first got subscribed to The Athletic, that's what got me was a $1 uh, subscription. So uh, if you're looking for it and you, you've been waiting to pull the trigger, right now would be a great time to do it while it's only a dollar. And, again, that's not anything that they tell me to do or ask me to do. It's just something that I, I noticed it and I thought, hey, you know what, I'll pass this along because they do do a lot of great work. He mentioned uh, Tashawn Reed, obviously Vic Tafer as well. Uh, all those guys do a great job breaking down the silver and black on the athletics. So definitely check it out. Many thanks to Ted for those uh, thoughts on the offensive line. And I thought that that piece was great. So uh, what are your thoughts on the offensive line? You heard from uh, Ted. What are your thoughts on the offensive line, the guys that were starters there? Uh, who should be where? Uh, how concerned are you? I mean, we've talked about the offensive line at great length, but I uh, would love to hear any response that you have from what Ted had to say with the film breakdown with Mike Tice. 2.45 is the time. We'll get back to some calls and texts and close out hour number one. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation. This is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Tell you, it's close to June. It's almost June 1st. We're flying through another year, another calendar year. Off-season's always, oh, yeah, it's going to be slow. It's not going to be a lot to talk about. Well, I'll tell you what. There's been plenty to talk about, and it doesn't look like it's slowing down anytime soon. Uh, got a lot of news today before the show started. Colin Kaepernick in working out for the Raiders today. Who knows where that direction that's going to go. They may sign on. They may not. They do have permission, and uh, Mark Davis, the owner, has signed off on it. If they feel the need to uh, to sign them, they will, but... Again, that's that's what happens when they see the workout, see what shape they're in. They may just bring him in just to just to check him out, just to see what kind of condition he's in. Again, that's uh, you know, that's that's all up to them. That's not being pushed. That's not a narrative being pushed. It's just one of those uh, situations that's going on right now where teams bring in players all the time for workouts. You know, sometimes they they sign them, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they were just doing a little fact finding. Uh, we'll find out sooner rather than later what this case may be. But throughout there on the Salmon Ash text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R, we know. Cap hasn't played since 2016. He's in for the workout today. If he's healthy and they decide to sign him, what are your thoughts on that? Got a couple good texts here. One from the 707. The main thing I'd be concerned about is if the media would turn things into a media circus and distract the team. I'm not sure if Kaepernick is good enough to justify that. And I'll say this, and I can only speak for myself, but knowing a lot of the media that is uh, here locally uh, around the, the silver and black and covers the silver and black, I think obviously that's going to be a story. and It's a story right now. Because he hasn't had a workout since 2017. He hasn't been in the league since 2016. So it's a story right now. I don't think, and this is actually a tweet that I, I responded to earlier today as well, I don't think that it should be a huge story if they decide to sign him as a backup. It shouldn't be. It really shouldn't. We all know the situation. We all know, okay? We're not, it's not new. It's not any new information that we're learning. It's not Deshaun Watson. I'd have more problems with the Raiders signing Deshaun Watson than I would Kaepernick. And the funny thing is, there's some that wouldn't. There's some that think, hey, you know what? Who cares what Deshaun Watson did? He can win games. I had no problem with them going to sign Kaepernick as a backup quarterback. I think the distraction going on in Cleveland is way larger than any distraction that should take place here in Las Vegas if the Raiders were to choose to sign him. But to the credit of the texter, that's up to the media, and I will say national media, 
to to not make it a bigger story. Because I don't think any of the colleagues that I work with are thinking it that big a deal. Yeah, we'll talk about it right now. We'll talk about it. But it's not something that day three, day four of Kaepernick being signed, be like, Damon, Colin Kaepernick's on the team. You know what I mean? It's like it's not it's not gonna be the lead story. He's a backup quarterback at best. That too, where it's not gonna be and then the novelty of wear off after the initial story right, of exactly. hey, Colin Kaepernick signed with the Raiders, it's gonna be back to business. Right. No one's gonna be coming on Raider Nation radio and be like, Hey, I was out at training camp today. That deep ball looked nice. Right, yeah, exactly. I mean, Quarterback again, competition? No, that's not going to happen. Right, and that's from the local media. I can't say what the national media is going to do. I don't think the local media would talk about it in great length. But to the Texas credit, the national media could have an opportunity to try to run with it and keep it and make it a bigger story than it really is. And, of course, you're going to have talk shows that are going to talk about it, the national shows, the big ones, the, the Cowherds and, you know, the, the Clay Travises. And, of course, that guy, he's going to have something to say about it. And others, you know, so that I understand where you're coming from. Tyler Dragon, our, our good friend who's actually been on the show before, put out a tweet. Wednesday's workout with the Raiders has been in the works for a while. The Raiders and Kaepernick kept things quiet because they didn't want to create any Unnecessary attention, per a source. NFL trials typically don't generate national attention. Exactly right. But, again, going back to what the texter said, that is a good point. And, again, I'm not going to lead with that story. If I talk about Cap, if they sign him, you know what I'm going to talk about? How are they going to use him? That's what my conversation is going to be. Not if he's taking a knee or not. That's not my conversation. It's not my business. You know what I mean? Like, hey, if he can help the team win, that's all I care about. And that's where it should be. But we all know that... Folks will try to keep the conversation alive and make it much bigger than it needs to be. Uh, it shouldn't be the biggest headline when it comes to a backup quarterback. I mean, again, we're talking about a backup quarterback. We talked about Nick Mullins for what, one day when he signed? Barely. <laughs> Not even one. He didn't get a full day. Right, right. Maybe a segment. Right. Again, the r- biggest reason for me that this is even a conversation right now is because he hasn't played since 2016. We all know why. He hasn't played since 2016, and he hasn't had a workout since 2017. So that's that's it for me. But, uh, you know, hey, you, you got to give that, like I said, the texture a lot of credit because that that obviously is going to come into play. Uh, we got a text from the 925. It's a big gap between now and the last playing time. Agreed. Agreed 100%. So two things can happen here. He should be 100% healthy. He hasn't taken any hits, no wear and tear. But also Russ kicks in. You know, you're not the same person that you were five years ago, I'm sure. If you're the same person you were five years ago without any kind of exercising of it, fantastic. <laughs> you know, but... He hasn't played in five years, so he's not going to be he's not going to be NFL ready again. He'd be a backup quarterback. But thank you for that text. Uh, that does make a lot of sense. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick at seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Let's talk to our guy ABA Ivan Davis. What's on your mind, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going, Q? Welcome back. Thank you, brother. Hey, what's up, Demar? What's <laughs> going on? Nothing much, man. Always got to give a shout out to you too. Uh, as far as the offensive line. I kind of chimed in on that late. I wish I could have heard the call, but uh, that's going to be uh, – that might be the most important position on the team because mm-hmm. if you don't protect Carr, okay, I mean, because the defense – I mean, this I mean, it's a gauntlet. You, they, you think they struggled last year? <laughs> this year? Right. Beast. Okay, yep. the thing that might help them is going up against our defensive line. I would just have to tell the defensive line, show them no mercy because the rest of the league is not – so uh, that's the only way they're going to learn. That that will help, but I don't know how much. Okay, they need that right They need that right tackle or car just got to get rid of that ball two, three seconds at a time. As far as Kaepernick, uh, I have a better idea. I would sign the Raiders on a – if you want to keep them, sign them a conditional and send them to that uh, 
that new whatever that league is that's going on on Sundays. I get, somebody will take him on that team, and let, let, let's see what you got. If you if you worth it, come back. If not, okay, take a look at him that way. Convince him to uh, to go and say well, you are on our radar, and see what he do in the uh, in that other league. Because the quarterbacks in the new league they got right now look terrible. Right. Well. Okay. okay. Absolutely well, uh, terrible. All right. Well, th- hey, thank you for the call. I don't mean to cut you off, but we got to get. We're at the end of the uh, hour. I'll just say uh, I don't think the USFL is where he wants to play. I don't think that that's the thing, and I don't think he should have to. I don't think he should have to go to the USFL to prove himself. That's what training camp is for. That's what the preseason is for, and that's what I'm saying. That's what I've been pounding the table for for the longest. I'm not saying go sign the guy and he's your starting quarterback. I'm saying if he's worth the salt, if you bring him in, if they say they sign him, let's just have a hypothetical real quick. Then we'll take a break. Say they sign him, and he's in mandatory minicamp, and he goes to training camp, and he's not cutting it. You cut him, and you move on. You gave it a try. It didn't work out. So be it. They have 90 guys. They have 90 guys on the roster. They could afford one to see if he's worth it. And if he's not, they tried. So be it. This is, this is their time to do experiments. Instead of having to go to the USFL, you got training camp. You got preseason. You can cut him at any point. It's not going to hurt you. Not saying you have to carry him into the season. 2.57 is the time when we come back. We'll kick off hour number two of the show. John McClain, formerly of the Houston Chronicle, he'll join. We'll ask him. We'll ask him the thoughts on Cap. We'll ask him the thoughts on Deshaun Watson and a whole lot more. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.